When I was finally empowered, I was able to play an equal role in overcoming my infection, which unfortunately most patients don't have the opportunity to do, and which can often result in severe death or disability. These are the words of Vanessa Carter, patient survivor of a resistant infection, one health advocate and executive director at the AMR Narrative. And they give us a glimpse on the topic we are exploring in this special episode with the occasion of the World AMR Awareness Week 2023, Community Engagement. This year, the overarching theme of the Awareness Week remains, as for 2022, preventing antimicrobial resistance together. But what does it mean to do it together? Today, we focus on this togetherness by diving deep with eight guests into what communities and community engagement are, how community engagement can be essential on the road to mitigate the effects of resistance globally, and what they hope happens in this area in the short future. I am Eva Garmendia, and you are listening to the AMR Studio, a podcast dedicated to the multidisciplinary essence of the world of antibiotic and antimicrobial resistance. Earlier this year, we at the Uppsala Antibiotic Center, together with REACT and Antibiotic Smart Sweden, set out to arrange a multi-event initiative to promote systematic and meaningful engagement of communities and civil society groups as key stakeholders in the global response to antibiotic resistance. While exploring current community engagement initiatives, talking to professionals with experience on this topic, and gathering information for our events, we realized that the first challenge was to actually define community engagement in and of itself. What does community engagement mean to the people who have been engaging with communities and being part of those communities? To shed light on this, we asked this very question to our guests. For example, for Tikulirekuti Banda, AMR community engagement expert at Eden University in Zambia. So to me, community engagement really means a deliberate approach to engage community members to meaningfully be informed about different issues, but also to meaningfully be able to discuss and brainstorm possible solutions to addressing a particular issue in that particular community. And for Mario Medegan, public health physician and secretary general of Musuhum, Universal Movement for Humanitarian Systems. For me, community engagement is about any effort, any means uh, we can use to empower individuals to take control of their health themselves. But at the core of community engagement as an approach lies the question, what is a community? Daniel Warungi, co-founder and head of programs at the Students Against Superbug Africa, shares with us the potential different definitions of communities. Communities can be defined in many different ways and, you know, taking into consideration geographical locations and demographic factors, for example, ethnicity, gender and age. And also sometimes you can also define communities through socioeconomic factors, you know, which are linked to things like wealth, education and employment. But the most common and the most understood definition of a community is in the geographical context. And this is where we describe a community, you know, as a social unit that is just above the household level. And it's good to understand that, you know, through the different definitions of, of a community, 
one of the main things is that you know this kind of form social networks that you know allow for interchange you know they allow for interdependency and there's a lot of interaction in these communities across the breadth of uh, the different definitions that we use in our communities Sometimes community engagement can take the form of a very well-defined and structured set of actions with certain goals in mind. In the words of Rebecca King, head of the Nuffield Center for International Health and Development at the University of Leeds and co-lead of the Community Engagement for AMR Network, community engagement can be described as We say that community engagement is a participatory process through which equitable partnerships are developed with community stakeholders who are enabled to identify, develop and implement community-led sustainable solutions using existing or available resources to issues that are of concern to them and to the wider global community. And within that, what is very important to me is this concept of equitable partnership. So it's about working towards a relationship that is not hierarchical and that is not top down and that treats different knowledges about a problem with respect. Another part of that definition that's very important is the idea that the solutions that emerge through community engagement are feasible, so they are sustainable and they can be applied using resources that are already available or could be available with relative ease. This equitable partnership concept that Rebecca brings up is beautifully illustrated by Satya Sivaraman, Communications Coordinator for REACT Asia-Pacific, for whom community engagement approaches are essential to the way we ought to work within health, regardless of its outcomes, as it provides a necessary democratic process to everyone involved. What community engagement in principle represents is that you have to consult people you have to listen to them. You have to give them the respect that they deserve, irrespective of whether they know anything about medicine or not. Because these are their bodies that you are dealing with. You know, you can't push them around. As the feminist movement had a slogan, I think a few decades ago, which said nothing about us without us. You know? So that's the same principle. So in that sense, irrespective of which models work, which models don't work, what are the best way to go about it, and so on and so forth, the primary principle is the same that of the value of democracy. You know, the value of democracy is absolute. There's no, you know, we can decide, we can argue about how to best implement it. But as a value, it is there. And that's important to point out because it is not just another utilitarian technique. You know, it is not that it is a technique that we have found that community engagement will get our job done better. Of course, there is evidence that engaging the community does produce better results. But having said that, the complexity comes in because then you have to get into the details of which community, what is the context, how long are you engaged, how are you engaged, what are the process you follow. So those are the details that we work on in the context of community engagement. And I find it very refreshing in the field of health and medicine that this principle is so important that even if we fail a hundred times, we need to persist with it. So to me, community engagement represents very broader value from other fields of life. Now that we have explored community engagement and what community can be defined as, how can community engagement help drive change in the antibiotic resistance field? Why is it important specifically for this field? For Lucy McDowell, Senior Manager Public Participation in the Community Engagement Team at Welcome, 
Community engagement allows us to learn about the effects of resistance in different contexts, as well as increase equity. Community engagement is fundamental to designing a contextual approach, working of insights from the people at the front line about how AMR plays out in their community. Without that, a more generic blanket approach to solutions won't satisfactorily address the many complex issues. Also, as we know, AMR is a devastating problem, already hitting many communities very hard. As a matter of equity, how can we not involve communities with decisions about their destiny, not hear and learn from the mothers who are losing their babies to infections? This is of critical importance. For Rebecca King at CIR for AMR, it has to do a lot with the drivers behind antibiotic resistance and bringing awareness to its very own existence. I think one of the key reasons why community engagement is really important in addressing antibiotic resistance is because it is mostly, not entirely, but mostly human behaviour that drives antibiotic resistance. So behind all the complexities of AMR or ABR, in the end, we're talking about what human beings do when they use antibiotics, when they use antimicrobials, when they farm animals, etc. I think another reason why community engagement is really important is because although in some parts of the world there's growing and quite good awareness of antibiotic resistance, in many places there isn't and in some of the settings that I work in there are no local terms for the concept of antibiotic resistance, it's an entirely new concept and we've been starting to talk about this idea of making something that is invisible visible, so antibiotic resistance is something that is happening um, naturally and it's happening, it's being driven by human behaviours and it becomes really important to engage with people about this problem. For Daniel Warungi, this need for awareness is a key reason to engage with communities and also points out how increased awareness can help us target those behavioral drivers that Rebecca brought up. Currently, we have very low levels of awareness and, you know, very few people are educated about antimicrobial resistance. And, you know, it's kind of like just People in the healthcare circles, you know, we are in our own bubble and we are the only ones who know about antimicrobial resistance. And, you know, this is quite dangerous, uh, you know, because we need so many other players in terms of addressing antimicrobial resistance. So the first key reason why we need to engage the community is to ensure that we have good awareness. And this will help also a lot in terms of, you know, behavior change. And we do recognize that behavior change also involves, you know, other many factors to be in place. But uh, the moment, you know, you can't change your behavior on something that you're not aware about. So community engagement while educating the community and also addressing the other systemic factors will help a lot in terms of shaping better health-seeking behaviors and ensuring that, you know, we cut off some of the behaviors that could be leading to acceleration and development of antimicrobial resistance. And Gilbert Rukundu, project manager at WaterAid Rwanda, agrees that behavioral change aspect of community engagement is an essential part in tackling resistance. Behavior change around antimicrobial use could safeguard both existing and future treatments. However, changing behavior necessitates engaging with people to understand their experiences. 
community engagement can facilitate AMR behavior change because it's a contextualized approach which support communities to develop locally meaningful solutions. One particular sector where awareness and behavioral change can lead to a big impact in this field is human health. For Mario Medegan, a physician, the power of community engagement within antibiotic resistance lies in particularly bringing awareness and education to healthcare professionals. From our previous experiences, from our previous previous surveys, we came to observe that there is a serious lack of awareness within the professional themselves. One of our research work had found that more than 80% of the professionals, depending on the regions in West Africa, were not aware of the AMR concepts and the One Health approach. So healthcare professionals are definitely a part of the community themselves. So the education should reach out to them as well. Also, those who handle businesses, uh, counterfeit or low-quality medicine business, those who handle those businesses are part of the community. So we need to educate them about the risk associated to that business. But what about the other side of the coin in human health? How can community engagement initiatives serve those who are most affected by resistance itself? For Vanessa Carter, whom you heard at the very beginning of this episode, engaging and empowering patients by highlighting their stories and educating them about resistance is of utmost importance. Personal stories alone make it possible for key decision makers to understand what it means to experience AMR, rather than only providing statistics and numbers to make an economic case. Engagement includes informing communities, the public, and patients about the risks associated with AMR, the responsible use of antibiotics, and the consequences of misuse, which as a patient survivor myself, I never experienced. But this education could have made a massive difference to me early on in my own journey. Beyond that, by understanding AMR, it really empowers patients to seek timely diagnosis of resistant infections and practice stringent infection management and control, which I also as a patient survivor only learned about after I acquired a severely resistant infection. If patients, the public and our communities are not actively engaged in addressing the AMR or antibiotic resistance crisis, the only way that I can compare it is it's like playing a soccer game or football game with the key players missing. Fighting AMR is a team effort, and just like in a team sport, if a resistant microbe attempts to score a goal and there is no goalkeeper, well, then it's already won the game. We as patients and members of the community need to play an active role in identifying and potentially stopping that resistance developing further by reporting it quickly to our other team members. In this case, asking for a test or questioning why our infection isn't clearing once we're on an antibiotic or other antimicrobial treatment. We've already lost the AMR game if we are the weakest link in the team. And, you know, patients are so key to this. But community engagement can have a positive impact not only at the grassroots level, where it can empower, educate and drive behavioral change in patients, doctors and other relevant groups. For Daniel Warungi, community engagement can also help increase government spending in healthcare in a way that helps reduce the development of resistance. 
The other reason why we need to engage the community is because we need to increase government investment in antimicrobial resistance and, you know, in shaping health systems to ensure that, you know, we're able to first avoid the need for antimicrobials and we're able to also have good systems that ensures that, you know, we have good healthcare delivery, which helps in terms of avoiding AMR and Government investment is also a bit tied to political prioritization, you know. When the heads of the country are well informed and are very aware of antimicrobial resistance, there'll be a lot of investment in this area. And one way is that politicians and, you know, our leaders have ways of getting information on what the public, you know, what are some of the key issues that the public is raising. So that's very important that we engage the community and they're well aware of this. For Satya Sivaraman... Top-down approaches driven by policy action need to be balanced with bottom-up approaches for best results. For him, community engagement is a critical way to inform policy. I think that in a practical situation, you need a top-down process also. You have to find out the right balance between these two. So it's not an either-or. Because when you go into a community, you can work there for years and years without actually making much of a difference. Because unless there's a larger policy level, change. You know, resources flow to the community from other places and because everything is interconnected also. Now, I may be in a community where nobody uses antibiotics, but we may still get resistant infection because all the other communities are using antibiotics. And that's what is happening globally. That's why it's a global problem. So, in that sense, in the AMR context, like in the rest of health, in AMR especially so because AMR is far more complex than many other health issues. And it's a meta issue. It spans many sectors at the same time. So community engagement is critical and learning from community engagement to inform policy. So you combine the bottom-up and the top-down together to produce best results. So now that we have explored what community engagement is and some of the reasons why it can be a powerful approach in the efforts to tackle antibiotic resistance worldwide, what are the hopes and wishes of our guests? What would they like to see happen in this area in the next coming year? Tikulire Kutibanda, for example, would love to see important and different actors in the resistance field take up more of these kind of approaches. So within the next year, I would recommend that policymakers, researchers, civil society uh, members and and different actors in the AMR space really, really consider taking up community engagement approaches in their daily programming and really integrating these at the different levels to really understand and engage community members on antimicrobial resistance. And one particular approach that has proven very successful is the responsive dialogue approach, which has been developed by Wellcome Trust through support from the International Center for Antimicrobial Resistance, ICAS. And through this responsive dialogue approach, we have seen through the different pilot programs in Zambia, Malawi, and Thailand that using this approach has been very successful in meaningfully engaging community members to understand what AMR is, what the issues of AMR is, but also to really engage community members to really brainstorm and co-create some of the solutions. For both Tikuli Rekuti and Daniel Warungi, they would like to see more integration with already established community activities. 
my recommendation to policymakers, researchers, civil society organizations is to really, really, really integrate community engagement approaches in addressing AMR. And, and we know that this is a very new space, particularly in the AMR field, but this is not new in other programming such as the HIV, the TBs, and the different infectious diseases. So we can also draw lessons from some of these interventions to really adopt what has worked well in these other interventions to really, really address antimicrobial resistance. Utilize some of the low-hanging fruits, you know, for example, you know, integrate community engagement into existing community activities. You know, we already have some community engagement activities, especially in the health area that take place. You know, we have some of the vertical programs, uh, you know, for example, HIV and uh, TB that also have some community work going along. Why don't we, you know, try and integrate uh, AMR into this and, you know, other areas like primary health and, you know, community health workers and also in terms of social aspects, for example, you know, around religious activities, initiatives and all that, you know, try to see how we could integrate community engagement into the existing initiatives. So these are long having fruit from where we can actually try out, you know, some pilots and see how actually to, you know, engage in best practice in community engagement in AMR. Another important area I would love to see us focus on will be to have to build linkages in terms of community engagement and other ongoing efforts in EMR. It's good that we're able to link this. You know, community engagement shouldn't just happen in a silo. We need to link all these efforts together and see how they could actually augment each other. Similarly, Vanessa Carter points out how we can leverage already available community-led projects. It, it's also imperative to allocate more funding to community-level projects that are already, and there's so many of them, effectively educating and empowering individuals and patients, especially given that AMR, despite being less understood than diseases like HIV, AIDS, TB, and cancer, is recognized as one of the most crucial global health concerns in this day and age. So we need to treat it on the same level. You know, why is funding not at that point? What can we do to get it to that point? And I think that's also why the United Nations high-level meeting this coming year in 2024 is so, so, so important because we need to know, you know, how is it so cross-cutting? How does it impact on a community level? If charities and community leaders are getting involved, where is their funding going to come from and how can they sustain the programs that they're implementing to really reach down to a granular level, which would be patients and the public? For Vanessa, it is also important that more charities and community leaders engage in educating and empowering patients. So I'd really like to see charities and other community leaders play a crucial role in educating and empowering patients and the public on an individual level regarding AMR. So for instance, when addressing the impact of AMR on cancer patients, I really think it's essential for them to receive messages from a relatable source. Similarly, patients undergoing routine surgeries should have access to easily understandable information that educates them about the risks of AMR and how they can actively engage in conversations with their providers to address these concerns. This is something that is truly missing. You know, when you get admitted to a hospital, you get prescribed antibiotics, you know, let's have these conversations, but it's not taking place. And, you know, that is a form of community engagement again. Since resistance is not only limited to human health and microbes, resistant genes and antibiotics themselves can move freely between humans, animals, and natural environments, 
Some of our guests brought up how they would like to see more efforts put into integrating this so-called One Health concept in community engagement work. Mario Medegan and Daniel Warungi talk about this aspect. First of all, the introduction of those concepts of EMA and One Health, the introduction in our curricula, because definitely health profession, we need uh, to raise more awareness within health professionals themselves in our context. Also, increase more social programs for environmental health, because our population, unfortunately, are still facing many issues in handling the environment themselves how to manage their waste, so more waste management programs. What I would love to see happening, you know, in the coming year is to see a pattern whereby we have a one health approach in terms of community engagement. When we're engaging with our communities, we recognize and appreciate, you know, AMR is a one health issue and, you know, educate the community about this. We see, uh, you know, we have human health, some of the drivers from human health, some of the drivers from animal, plant health, maritime, and also the environment. So that as we are engaging with the community, we are engaging in a very holistic manner and they get to understand about antimicrobial resistance from a one health perspective. And this can help a lot in terms of also galvanizing efforts and ensuring that they're able to interlink different interventions. And for Gilbert Rokundu, the next steps lie ahead in efforts that promote infection prevention and control through community engagement as a logical first step to prevent the development of resistance through good sanitation and hygiene measures. I would like to see happen collective effort including community engagement to promote good sanitation hygiene and other infection control measures that can delay the production and restrict the spread of antibiotic-resistant infection that are difficult to treat. I would like to see reduced the incidence of infection through effective sanitation, hygiene, and infection prevention measures to limit the production and spread of antimicrobial-resistant and multi-drug-resistant pathogens. Better hygiene and infection prevention measures are necessary. Drug resistance is not only present in the environment of healthcare, but also at the level of the household. Infection prevention and control IPC is needed to combat AMR with proper training for health personnel and community-led education. For Rebecca King and Satya Sivaraman, the coming months will ideally see an increased recognition and integration of community engagement into global health policy and frameworks. Policymakers should understand the need for community engagement and pay close attention to what their communities need, ideally with a long-term support. So I do think that it's very important that community engagement has an increasingly prominent position in the global health agenda and in the policy frameworks around antimicrobial resistance, antibiotic resistance. I don't think that community engagement is the only thing that we need to do to address AMR. It's one thing. And I think of it, I tend to think of all the different components of addressing AMR as being like a jigsaw puzzle and community engagement is there as one of those pieces. So without it, we don't have a complete jigsaw puzzle. 
I think it is very important that we go beyond raising awareness, which we are starting to move beyond raising awareness. A few years ago, we looked at global policy recommendations on antibiotic resistance. It was more or less just about let people know what antibiotic resistance is, what antimicrobial resistance is, etc. And I think there is a shift there, but I do feel that it's really important that we move away from these hierarchical top-down kind of cons around antibiotic resistance to more meaningful discussions that generate solutions that are appropriate to contacts. So I'd really like to see more prominence for community engagement in global health. The first thing I would like to see is that policymakers and health professionals mm-hmm. across the world begin to understand exactly the point, why is community engagement important? Because very often they make their plans, like all the national action plans in AMA, were done broadly in most places without consulting the communities. They're drawn up by a bunch of experts, maybe a few big CSOs claiming to represent the community or the public, gave their inputs. But by and large, NAPs, that's why NAPs are struggling, not only because of lack of resources, in terms of financial resources, but because there's no public understanding or public support for it. What I would like to see happen is that policymakers pay much greater attention, follow a much more consultative process, and begin to take communities' views more seriously. Because there's also a tokenism that is very widespread. Where you do a few hearings and you take a few input, but ultimately you do what you want. So that's like it's happening in our politics also when we have democracies, but basically nobody really cares about the voters. You're important only at the time of election. After that, you're forgotten. So I think that a genuine consultative process and greater amount of respect for the community and its views and its needs should inform policymaking. That's the most important thing because once that is there, other things follow. And finally, for Lucy McDowell, an important next step is moving community engagement initiatives towards impact and marrying together the current gap that exists between the perspective of different communities and various policy actions. In terms of how this field needs to evolve over next year, I would like to see it become much more impact orientated. Awareness raising is important. Generating local community-led solutions is critically important. But what is less focused on is the gap between community perspectives and national, regional and global policy actions. How do we bridge that gap? How do we bring in society to those conversations about antibiotic research and development, targets, etc.? That's a huge question and one I'm really interested in tackling. Thank you for being with us in this special episode with the occasion of the World AMR Awareness Week. We hope you enjoyed learning with us about what community engagement is and how it can be an asset in our toolbox to globally tackle antibiotic and antimicrobial resistance. We truly believe that meaningfully engaging communities and civil society actors in this field is an essential part of mitigating the effects of resistance worldwide and that together we can make an impact because the community is all of us. The community is all of you. A special thanks to our guests for their insights and their time. Tikulire Kutibanda, Mario Medegan, Daniel Warungi, Rebecca King, Satya Sivaraman, Gilbert Rocundo, Vanessa Carter, and Lucy McDowell. Big thanks to my colleagues in this community engagement fall adventure, Andrea Caputo Svensson and Maria Prantin. And a special thanks to Ava Rimdal for support producing this episode. 
And thanks to Uppsala University and the Swedish International Development Cooperation Agency for funding. See you on the next one. For more information about the Uppsala Antibiotic Center, please visit our website. You can find a link in the episode notes. You can also follow us in Twitter. Our handle is UAC underscore UU. This episode was brought to you by the AMR Studios, composed by Eva Garmendia, Jenny Jackman, and Po Chen Tang. And a big thank you to Henrik Nis for letting us use his song, Sound the Alarm.